Welcome back to the Domain Fantasy Football Show. We are almost to the fantasy playoffs, which is ridiculous. I don't know if I should be excited or just devastated. Why? So we can inevitably lose every single one of our leagues on some fluke performance this year? Yes, and the fact that just football is like, it's almost over. It's, well, the unfortunate part about what we do is that it kind of is a blur. Like, a lot of it really is a blur. There is honestly... Even though I'll be really sad that football's over, there is there's a lot of benefits to be to it being done as content creators. Uh, yeah, no, you and <laughs> you honestly look for like I'm also as excited for a prospect analysis as I am sad for the NFL ending. So today's episode will be mainly redraft focused. We'll talk about last week, go over the top performers, talk about the implications for the playoffs, but then we'll look forward to week 14, the last week of the regular season for fantasy. And then after that, it's playoff time. So yep. let's start with last week. Last week was an interesting slate of games. DK Metcalf, the top performer through Sunday night's games. We have not had the Monday game as we sit here today. We're recording this on Monday in the afternoon. DK Metcalf had 37 points. He had three touchdowns on six receptions. Which, yeah. is, which was very DK, yeah. which somebody Classic. commented, which, D, of course, DK, you know, 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. Right, right. Some, did you see somebody on our video, one of our videos was like, DK's literally had never had 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. Yeah, and I'm I like, responded, and I said, uh, go, go, go look at his numbers over the last four years, and you average out to about 1,000 yards, yards, seven touchdowns. So <laughs> I was a little worried this year because... Let me look at this year's stats. He only had three touchdowns before this game. Now he has six. Yeah. So so he could go on another five-game stretch and end up and with not, six or yeah. seven touchdowns. I mean, he, so. he already had a one, two, a five-game stretch this season where he didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. So if he has one touchdown in the next five, I mean, like, it's... It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Now, it was an outlier game. DK, the wide receiver, 18 so far in the year. And Debo Samuel also had a big game. That game was not even close. Like... The people last year who were like, well, we would have killed them with Brock Purdy in the playoffs. Yeah, it looks like they might have. Looks like they killed them. Yeah. Although, they did, well, the, in fairness, I actually, I, th- I mean, the Eagles killed the Niners. I think that game was really looking to be pretty close down the stretch because the Eagles, I'll, I'll stand by this. I think the Eagles were a much better team last season than they, they were. were this year. They were a great team last year. This season, they have a lot of the same pieces, some even better pieces too, but it cannot be understated how much they miss Steichen and Gannon defensively. I, I would, <laughs> do you think they miss Steichen more offensively or Gannon more defensively? I am gonna I'm gonna say Steichen. I, I don't I think I don't think Jalen Hurts has looked like I don't think he's been in the same groove he was in last year. And I think a lot of that is Steichen tailoring yeah. the offense to him. With yeah. Gannon, like I think Gannon was good in that role, but I think a lot of the defensive identity for the Eagles is, is still in place. I think their yeah. issue has been injuries. Their secondary too. And, yeah, injuries and are the big, players they yeah. lost. Like I, I don't know why they let some of those players walk in their secondary. Like yeah. they just they just weren't near as good. But yeah. but I mean I, I, if that were the NFC Championship game, like which it very well could be those two teams. Mm-hmm. That was very interesting to see them pound them like that. I don't know. I'm just worried. I, I don't want to jinx anything. Maybe the Eagles will make another Super Bowl run and win it. I, there's absolutely a possibility they could because the NFC is so wide open. But I just, I have this weird gut feeling that the Eagles are just going to lay a complete dud in like the first round of the playoffs and get knocked out. So Purdy had 20. If they don't win the one seed. If they get the one seed, then... I, I, have no, round, I have no confidence in the Eagles. I'm, I have I zero. agree with you. Uh, their record to me is not indicative of what kind of team they are. No. Purdy had 29 yesterday, which was nice because I made a trade for Brock Purdy in a dynasty league last week, so that was good. Yeah. Um, good. Christian McCaffrey had, you know, of course, a touchdown, but had 22 points yeah. as well. Brandon Ayuk got a touchdown, so he had 15. 
and George Kittle at 12. So everybody in that offense produced, which you've seen a lot this year. Yeah, let's talk about Purdy a bit here because I am... I'm very interested to hear your person. We've never talked about this much about Brock Purdy, the NFL talent. We've talked about him in fantasy. I think we both agree, hands down, he's very underrated at this point and has, I mean, very quietly been the quarterback seven. Quarterback seven. Uh, 3,100 passing yards through 12 games, 23 touchdowns, six interceptions, and even got two rushing touchdowns with 131 rushing yards. That interesting. It is. So here's here's what's here's one thing I want to note before we even talk about this, about his dynasty value in particular. If they win the Super Bowl, his dynasty value is going to do, you know, not to the same extent, but last year what you saw with Jalen Hurts taking the Eagles to the Super Bowl, not only did he get the contract, but him taking him that far gave him some insulation as far as being the starter there. You're going to see that with Purdy. If the 49ers if make the Super, the Super Bowl, Bowl, you're going to see some really nice value insulation in dynasty for Purdy's value. So you think now is the time to buy him still? I think that actually... I mean, even just verbalizing this right now, yeah, I think it is my uh, maybe a good time to buy him because, yeah, he's not the most cheap he's ever been. He was cheapest this offseason, but at the same time, yeah. like, you're talking about a guy that has been I mean, a, a, wide, a quarterback one in production and is playing on one of the best teams, and again, they're not going to replace him if they go to the Super Bowl. That's just, they just, teams don't do that. But I want to look at his efficiency metrics here because, like, I, he's seventh in passing yards, but when you're looking at his efficiency metrics, this is, he's, First in yards per attempt. He's first in adjusted Jeez. yards per attempt. He's third in fantasy points per drop back. I'm sorry. Did you say first in adjusted yards per attempt? Yes. Oh, my. He's first in deep ball completion percentage. He's first in play action completion percentage. He's third in red zone completion percentage. He's first in clean pocket completion percentage. Are we having a realization right here on the show? I mean, this is yeah. This I, is good. I was already, I was already uh, leaning quite, not just leaning. I am in the field of Brock Purdy is a good NFL quarterback. So you think independent he, of a really, really good situation like Brock okay. Purdy in a vacuum, I think is a good NFL quarterback. So he just completely slipped through the cracks in terms yeah. of a prospect analysis. Mm-hmm. So he's he is first in true pass rating. He's first in QBR. He's first in EPA. He's fourth in receiver target separation. Second in deep ball accuracy. My gosh, dude. First in passer rating versus man. Sixth in passer rating versus zone. And it's just because of the physical tools. I mean, that was ultimately the reason that he fell. His college production was out of this world. I mean, you weren't going to see college production really much better than Brock Purdy at Iowa State. Like, just not, okay, not like total in like a single season. But no, 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 no. I'm sorry. When, when you're talking about like prospects that end up going later in the draft and guys that aren't like CJ Stroud, right? Then you're like, okay, he he was pretty solid, really efficient, great completion percentage, nice passing guard, and, and you know they have good prospects out of Iowa State like Brees Hall. You've got run heavy offenses, but he's just been he was so constant in the years that he played at Iowa State, and he set like all of their passing records, right? So real, real solid. But at the end of the day, the reason he fell so far is because everyone questioned his athletic tools, which were zero. Uh, He doesn't have super impressive arm strength. It was really just cerebral for Brock Purdy. Sure. And I I think he really is that guy who's been able to take his skill set to the next level in the NFL because he has been so just so smart with the football. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't force it. He doesn't rely on his athleticism. He can actually, he's more mobile than any of us ever really give him credit for. 
he's impressively mobile in my opinion from like the the way people portray him as a quarterback i think yeah i mean he's not he obviously not a blazing fast guy but, no, if, but he's, he's able, he's able dash, to escape so like, he's able to but, escape yeah, he, he's and, mobile. And so yeah. like, so what really stands out to me when I watch Purdy is, you mentioned, is his intelligence on the field. I think he's yeah. a really, really smart quarterback. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of like the smart quarterbacks in the NFL today. So, don't even have to say, well, I'm Mahomes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Cousins is very Co- smart. Cousins was the first he's, one I was He's a very too. smart player. Um, um, who else is smart? I mean, obviously, the smart quarterback of all time is Peyton. Right. Peyton was the right, smartest Right, but when you're thinking current day quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm just thinking smart with the ball. Burrow, best decisions. Burrow, Burrow Rodgers. Absolutely fits in that category. Um, Rodgers, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, those are my top tier guys yes. that I'm thinking in terms of, like, Take care play of the ball. to play. Football IQ. Yeah. Yes. And I think a lot of people mistake intelligence with um, – they they only affiliate intelligence with brilliance, but I think you should really try to pair intelligence on the football field as a quarterback with simplicity too. Like I, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, you've seen you've seen quarterback play this year especially dip so much, like just take a massive drop off compared to what it's been in previous seasons, and a lot of it is because. Your your entire offense is based off of what your quarterback is able to do in these big plays, and what can he make happen out of nothing? And it's resulted in a lot of interceptions, a lot of bad decisions, a lot of poorly planned drives. I, I mean, Josh Allen is case in point this year. He's a quarterback one in fantasy, but he's made some of the worst decisions in the NFL sure, yeah. as a, as a quarterback. And uh, I mean, Brock Purdy has just played smart football because he's kept it simple. And, and sometimes, I mean, the most difficult thing to do seems like now. Now is to keep it simple. To keep it simple, yeah, and you're right. I, it's just resulted in su- really great efficiency metrics. The adjusted yards per attempt is surprising. First isn't in the it? league, shocked. Never would absolutely guessed. shocked. How can I? I mean, it, whenever you think keep it simple, you think boring checkdowns like Tom Brady type. Correct seasons where where your yards per adjusted yards per attempt are just super low. Right. But Purdy is able to push the ball downfield. Get it to your guys who's uh, like Ayuk, whose um, yards per reception right now is like way higher than it's ever been, I think. Correct. But it, it, like he's not just dumping the ball off and letting his playmakers do everything. He's actually getting the ball downfield, which is great to see. So, I mean, in terms of you now, tying this back to fantasy, tying this back to dynasty, fantasy wise, I mean, I think anybody who has Brock Purdy is holding Brock Purdy. If you have somebody with two quarterbacks, Brock Purdy's a great guy for a playoff run if you yeah, can make that yeah. move. And I don't think you're necessarily changing Brock Purdy's price much from what you would assume it'll be going into the future. He'll probably be drafted as a low end to low end quarterback one to a high end quarterback two consistently just because of the situation. So, where did he go in our mock draft last week is what I'm curious in dynasty? He went in the uh, fifth or sixth round <laughs> see that's still crazy he went, the, he went at the six eight i remember because we talked about it and i was like i mean there's an argument you could you should be taking brock purdy at the three eight like it, yes. it's just so okay yeah. so i think maybe yeah i think maybe he's a big buy in dynasty because i think the, i think the yeah. nfc is just so wide open and, this and year we'll, we'll be able to really refine the mock drafts and see where people are legitimately yeah. valuing could players be because there's a ton of rust going into the no one's doing that was the first time people have done mock drafts true in a long, long time, in, in like six months. So, I'm I'm interested to see where Purdy ends up settling. But you're right; it is it is wild to 
watch the playoffs and see how players' values fluctuate just in the playoffs and their performances. Yeah. Like, can you think of some guys that really fell in value in the playoffs last season? Because you can think of the risers. You've got, like, your Cam Akers risers. You've got your um, risers like Jalen Hurts just making the Super Bowl and even making a run there. And, well, Brock Purdy would have been your biggest faller. He, yeah. he was the biggest riser, and then he fell a ton because of that injury. Everyone didn't think he was going to make it back in time and for the season. And then thought it was going to be Lance time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I don't. I can't remember last year who the guys were that fell because of that. Because I mean, I know I rostered a lot of them, but because my team's laid an egg, a lot of them. But I don't remember. You could really pair the last four weeks of Lawrence in the regular season yes. and the postseason. I, I think that comeback against the Chargers like cemented his value in the early first. And it absolutely did. I, I think he I moved think, him up five spots. I think if they got obliterated against the he Chargers, been a second I round. think he would have been fringe first, second. Yeah, yeah. I 100% agree. It, it, and that is like... You, there's more of that than you think with the recency bias stuff yeah. too. Like you see it yeah. year. Who was the person the year before that there was? Oh, it was Gabe Davis, right? And you had the three touchdown game mm-hmm. in the playoffs, yep. and it just lived with him yep. the whole off season. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. People are so high on Stroud right now. He's a guy to keep an eye on. See if he can really keep his value there yeah. in top six, or if it's going to end up coming back to earth a little bit in the playoffs based I, I, off I of don't, his performance. I I hope he I hope he somehow flops in the last couple of weeks so I can buy so him. you can buy him because yeah. I I, I want to talk about this next. I mean, he'll never be as big of a buy as he was this off season, which is why I think. No, we I own him in, uh, yeah. I own him in half my leagues. I think leagues, I have him in four or five leagues. leagues yeah, third, he was 30%. such a screaming buy. <laughs> yeah, because he slid to the fourth round for his Wonderlick score or whatever. Yeah. Like, or his S2. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just so stupid. But CJ Stroud right now, the quarterback five, the ninth overall player in fantasy. We really struggled this year with telling people, you know, who to start. Tank Dell, Nico Collins, whatever. That's what I kind of want to talk to, talk about here. CJ Stroud, he's 22 years old. He looks this year like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's playing like a top yeah. 10 quarterback in the NFL oh, right yeah. now. And some I, would say top five. I, w- I would, I mean, I would, but yeah. I like to be conservative because I'm noticeably like, I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. He, he's getting pretty close to that boy right there for me. Like I, ju- I, Oh, I know. Well, I asked you, I, I remember asking I you after the first, and three I, weeks, I was to like, do so, that uh, for, to Herbie, but well, I mean, Herbert is really the exact, honestly, so far, he's looked like the exact opposite of C.J. Stroud, where Stroud is really, I mean, he's showing all the signs of a great franchise quarterback. And Herbert shows flashes, but when it comes to, like, clutch situations and, and times where you really need him to make something happen at the end of the game, he does not deliver. And he truly never has. Stroud um, is doing it right off the bat. I, I, he is. Stroud is everything I wanted him. To, I thought he was and wanted him to be. And I think even I just, more, I think I just like even more. He's, he's, I was going to say, he like surpassed I, my expectations. Yeah. And I honestly, like I hitched my wagon to him when he was in college because I liked him so much. And I think just because of that, I've come to just, but I have always loved the way he plays that you heard me rant about that last year. I love the way he throws the ball. I love yeah. the accuracy. Yeah. I love his aggressiveness. Like, And I, I think everyone's always going to reference that Georgia game that Georgia game nobody listened to us after that though is what did it for it's what did it for me I I was like I I had my very fair questions about CJ Stroud everyone had fair questions about CJ Stroud before that game and then he went and played on the biggest stage possible in college football and he just dumped on him like dumped on the best defense in college football I didn't realize he passed uh, Sam Howell this week in passing yards. Yeah. Nice. So he's first because Howell had like a hundred yard passing game and threw like a, 
a pick or two. So, so. real quick, rookie season for C.J. Stroud so far. Six in pass attempts, ninth in deep ball attempts, ninth in red zone attempts, first in passing yards, third in air yards, third in money throws, <laughs> yeah, fourth in pressure throws. It'll go down in history as one of the top three best rookie performances for a quarterback ever. So it's best, him, so. Andrew Luck, and... Uh, who was before that? Somebody had a really good rookie season right. before Luck, and I can't remember who it is. Right, I know. Um, crap. It wasn't. It, it wasn't ever during during Locke's rookie season. They always put these two up. Right. And who was it? It wasn't Cam, was it? Cam did have a good rookie season. Right. It, but yeah, was but, he a little bit unique because of his rushing upside? Yeah, yeah a lot of that was the rushing thing, and so right. he was breaking Vic's records like in year yeah, one. Yeah. So ugh, dang it, I can't. I don't know why I can't think of it because you're right. It's like it, yeah, there's somebody else that had a yeah. really good rookie. I don't know. That's People gonna me, that's going to drive me nuts. It, uh, well, I mean, let's just look. Best rookie was it Marino seasons. No, it's too far back. It was somebody in the 2000s. It was someone recent. Rivers? Well, the Marino's on this list, actually. Well, Roethlisberger, would... Newton, Luck, and RG3. Cam Newton is number one. So it, Maybe it was Newton. I think it was Newton. I don't know. So Peyton Manning's eight. He was shattering. Luck was shattering every franchise record as a rookie but, quarterback. I mean, look, in, on this list, you have like three guys here. Luck, Wilson, and RG3 all in the same class. They all had yeah, crazy that, years. That class was... Pretty awesome. Yeah. So anyways, he's been fantastic. We've struggled this year with the receivers, and it's too late now. I'm at the point where I don't care how much I like them. I, I don't care how much I like Tank Dell because I didn't really. I've never really liked Tank Dell. It's it's like everyone falling for the Kansas City wide receiver fallacy, but it actually but it actually true. works. It actually it works. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, the, it's the Kansas City wide receiver fallacy reversed. Yeah. It's... He's actually legitimately, if a wide receiver is playing with C.J. Stroud, they're producing at a high level right now. Nico yeah. Collins had 190 yards this week. I mean, he Nico Collins scored 30-something fantasy points, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, dude, yeah. like... Are you worried about, like, a um, like a sophomore slump, kind of like Mahomes? For Stroud? Mm-hmm. I mean... Because he's been so out of this world that, like, you kind of just have to expect his numbers to come down, which would impact the volume of the receivers. Not that Stroud wouldn't be good. Like, I, this, at no, this point, you're, you're comparing right. Mahomes statistically. So it's just, yeah. like, uh, what volume is he really going to be able to consistently provide for these and guys? And I, I think from a fantasy football... I mean, we haven't really struggled in they, Dynasty. They, uh, they like, also haven't been able to run the ball. That's and true, and they need to draft a, big, a running they back. Need to, and, yeah. and imagine that. Two years ago, yeah. what we said is we said the Texans are building for the future. So they draft Damian Pierce now, but eventually they're going to get they're themselves a solid quarterback, and they're going to actually be winning some games, and then they're going to get a real running back. Yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen in this year's draft. They're yeah. absolutely drafting a running back. Who would fit there in this year's running back class, do you think? I think him, actually, I mean, if they don't retain I would Singletary, love, I, would, I would. Oh my gosh, I'd love to see Will Shipley go there. Yeah, I, Shipley or Henderson, it's a P, just somebody yeah. of that skill set. Yeah, because they have. Well, that Henderson, right now. Henderson is more of a brute. I mean, a guy that you're can really rely on down to down. Shipley is more of your like uh, James Cook to Buffalo, but better. Yeah, is how I kind of view him. And I don't know what t- I mean. They really do kind of need a bruiser guy too, because Damian Pierce isn't doing yeah. that, and Singletary's not really that guy. Right. So, um. Well, I don't know. But anyways, what I wanted to say was I don't I think from a fantasy perspective it doesn't super matter about a sophomore slump. We'll know next year giving people advice in the first couple of weeks like if he's playing up to par or if he's not. Mm-hmm. What we should have told people this year and what we realize in, in hindsight, hindsight's always 2020 mm-hmm. is that any receiver playing with CJ Stroud has an elite ceiling and is pretty much worthy. I mean, Nico Collins is the wide receiver 12, man. Yeah. My biggest question is what are they going to do at wide receiver this offseason? Are they going to go draft more wide receivers or are they going to get one of those guys in free agency because they have the money? 
So what they got it, the cap room. Let's tank Dell's injury. It oh, was a broken his, fractured fibula. That's actually out for the that's, season. That's actually not. That's not, it's not as bad though. as I thought it would be. That's not as bad as a ligament, in my opinion. I mean, I right. I fractured my tibia. Like, that's bones are easier to come back from most yeah. of the time, unless you yeah. come, if you oh, yeah. unless you have a compound fracture. Yeah, but, I mean, just look at Tony Pollard. He's absolutely lighting it up after his. Uh, I don't know. I'm kidding. It, 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 right. <laughs> I couldn't help it. True. Uh, although he has been lighting it up since we took our victory lap. Which, yeah, because again, it doesn't matter what he does for the rest of the season. He's doesn't. lost so much value, and he's screwed your fantasy team. So, so I think he, I think let's see if it says I think he'll be back next year. Like I think he'll be back week one with a fractured fibula. I think he oh, will. Yeah, I, I mean the so okay. The so time then my table, question is: it depends on how severe it is. Obviously, if it's a compound fr- fracture or just a hairline, um, the Texans don't have their first next year, right? They they correct. they sent it to move up. I also I think don't they, think they have their second. Let, let's see. Let's see what they. So, have. so here's my point. I, if I were to put money on it, I'd say they go defense, 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 pretty much the entire draft, and then they sign That's a wide receiver and free. That's agency. what I think. I'm not worried about them drafting a receiver. It's if they if they sign a big name wide receiver like T. Higgins. To me, Ayuk makes the most sense. And yeah, I would just, I would cry if Ayuk went. I would to too. be with I, I mean, like that. I, I that's would, a match made in heaven. I would buy. He Ayuk is that wide receiver that they need. He, he, he could be their alpha. Yeah, absolutely. He could. That'd be great. Honestly, still though, like, would I fade Nico or Tank next year because of Brandon Ayuk being there? I think I'd be stupid to do that. Like, I don't know. I mean, there are. You've seen. Teams. I think there's enough questions though. Um, yeah, I mean, it may- fade no question there. Their ceiling, yes. I absolutely question the long-term dynasty ceiling of Tank Dell and Nico Collins still because I'm just so worried about what they're going to do and how that – like, uh, if, you were, if you were the Texans and you had all of this cap space and you've got a quarterback on a rookie deal for the next three years, do you want to make a push and try to win your division and try to make a push for the Super Bowl like a Burrow-Cincinnati Bengals yeah. and go get an alpha receiver in free agency? See, so it's for – this is what I think, though, and this is what I anticipate will end up happening. I bet they draft. I bet they sign some kind of. I think they're content with Collins and Dell, because Collins and Dell have done a good enough job, in my opinion. So maybe they don't feel like they need to spend their money on that. And what the Bengals did when they tried to make a run is they went and signed offensive line, which is well, that was after they made their Super Bowl run. Yeah, and then it didn't work. But right. but that's what they need. They need offensive linemen. Yeah, bad. <laughs> I thought their own line was pretty good. I mean, they they got Stroud has been got, Stroud has been sacked more times because than of any injury, because of injury. Well, yeah. So but, like Laramie Tunsil's their left tackle, and they're chilling there. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, is it the interior? Yes. Is it? It's, it's is it guard? The, it's the guards. Okay. I don't know who their center is. Yeah, but again, that's why I'd assume they probably. <laughs> you're Justin, you're Justin you're better Brown. off in general when you're a team that's building and are super young like Houston. You want to build through the draft. Dang, they're seven. And with, five. You want to build through the draft with those um, assets that are going to take a while to develop, anyways. And there are more guys that you're going to build off of, like in the future, like linemen. So I would assume they'll just draft a bunch of offensive linemen, which they should, and instead of going in free agency and getting a 27 year old. And you know, it's kind of a toss up, anyways. How he'll translate to the system for teams like that. Build drafting is the right. draft for right, which is, is why if you're going to sign anyone in free agency, who would you say they sign? It's not a running back. That's obvious. Def- like defense. Okay, what? <sighs> 
D line. Probably. I mean, everyone wants D line, and, and it's yeah, hard. Well, it's hard to pay D line. I mean, they can make a splash and go get. But they'll Chris, have the Chris ca- Jones. They'll have the cap space um, for it. I think. Right? right. So would they go and make a splash with Chris Jones? I mean, maybe. I don't know. You're right. I th- you, so do you? You think a for sure a big name free agent goes there this offseason? I would. Um, I mean, nothing's ever for sure. Texans I would are 16th um, in cap space. I would predict that the Texans go and they get one of those big name wide receivers in free agency. I mean, they're one of the few teams that has the ability to do it, and they're a good team. I feel like they think they have the big name wide receivers. There's really no way to know, but it's I, I am. Interested. But so much, it's just so hard because so much of what they're doing this season is so unprecedented, anyways. That it's it's like, is this kind of just a not necessarily a fluke, but kind of a fairy tale season where they're just clicking on all cylinders or looking good, looking great offensively with their weapons. But can, can they get better? Like, and, and do they have to pay a big name wide receiver and free agency to get better? Or can they get the current wide receivers that they have to upgrade their game in the future? You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. So let's so. see. So Nico Collins is a, is a undrafted free agent after, 2024 so he's got one year left on his rookie deal so eventually they're so here's the thing so houston does have cleveland's first still in 2024 oh they've got cleveland's first they have a second they have philly's third they have a two oh, because of the deshaun trade trade. that's so that is the craziest trade now what i would say is with that first rounder ugh i mean they could take an odunze but um i don't know if odunze will fall that far I wonder if they wait a year and pay Nico Collins. They still have the cap room to pay somebody else, though, because Tank Dell's on his rookie deal for three more years. I'd really like to dive into the efficiency metrics once we get to the offseason to have a full season sample size to really see, like, hey, obviously their their production is massively increased because Stroud is there. But again, it's like it, it's kind of like the Colts with Andrew Luck. It's like, what? how impactful are these receivers really around Andrew Luck, or is he just making them look okay? And T.Y. Hilton was the only guy who really, in his own right, was a very, very good wide receiver. But outside of that, they never made any moves to go get a receiver, except for um, the one time they... Andre Johnson? (laughs) No, no, the the one receiver they wanted to get in the first round from Miami. um, My goodness, they they drafted him instead of an alignment, because that was the year... Oh, Phil Dorsett? Dorsett. Yeah, that was, it was the biggest mistake they ever <laughs> that was made. So bad, it was the biggest mistake they ever made. Oh my gosh! But that's what I'm saying. I just think it's more likely. Pick. I think it's more likely that they sign a proven receiver than go and take another shot on one in the draft. All right, let's switch gears. Um, Tyreek Hill is the number one wide receiver and number one fantasy player in the league. Is Tyreek Hill your MVP? Yeah, I mean, listen, no question. If I decided MVP, yes, I would vote for Tyreek. It's who will be MVP. So when, it's weird because who will be MVP is like, okay, you're MVP predicting. voters are like CFP voters. So who should be the MVP CFP committee? There's who should be MVP in my book and who should be MVP given the current criteria, if you know what I mean. So like who sh- you say who should be MVP? And I would say Tyreek, but I know Tyreek won't win. So then I, I when somebody asks me who should win MVP, I'm thinking of the guys that realistically can. Tyreek is my MVP. He, in my opinion, if the rules were fair and if quarterbacks weren't heavily favored in this award Tyreek Hill would be my most valuable player for this year he has been unbelievably good unbelievably good he is going to break 2,000 yards yep unless something happens but you know he's gonna break 2,000 yards I think yeah that's MVP worthy dude Mm -hmm. 
and there's not been a clear quarterback this year. I, I just let's look at the updated MVP odds. I think um uh I don't know if Hertz will be number one after this week. Terry Kill's like seventh. It's I think <gasps> uh, Dak is number one. Yeah, nice. let's go. Do you think has Purdy boosted his stock at all? Purdy is second. Yeah, I, and I think that's Talk correct. About a dark horse. I, I mean, he's not a dark horse anymore because he's second in odds. But like I said, that so many people don't want him to win MVP that he, you you almost feel like he's a dark horse candidate. I'm glad Hertz has moved down two spots too because yeah. he's not the MVP. I said that two weeks ago. I said Dak might win MVP if he mm-hmm. like starts if he keeps playing like this. Yep. All right, let's go. So so who who's still wide my, open and there's five weeks left in the year. That is true. Four legitimate weeks. Who's my MVP? It's Diary Kill. Who yeah. who who do I think should win MVP when MVP is announced? I think it should be Dak Prescott right now. And I wouldn't be that upset if it were Brock Purdy, honestly. But I think I think Dak has um I mean Brock Purdy is just in such a good situation that <laughs> But again, how successful are the Niners without Brock Purdy? And I think we saw that last season. It's true. It makes him valuable. That's what the award is. Yeah. And the Cowboys on multiple occasions have made do without Dak. So I'm interested. For a short amount of time. So Tyree Kill, this is how messed up Dynasty is. Tyree Kill is in the middle of a historic season. Okay, it's not bad. Why does he were six? But still, I mean, how cheap were we getting him this offseason? Why does he were 13? 14 at times. Yeah. That's stupid. People are bananas and for the record i'm not one of those per- people because so i have 50 percent roster ship at tyreek tyreek's at 1400 yards right uh, 1481 so he's at 1500 yards essentially with five games left so he needs yeah just over 100 yards per game still to break the receiving record you want to um and their matchups are tennessee the jets crap dallas oh he put up 100 yards against the jets Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo. Hey, I got a dynasty trade while we're on the show. You want to hear it? Yeah. I got two. All right, yep. here's the first one. Should I do this? Should I get Alvin Kamara and James Conner and send away Jonathan Taylor? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that smoking crap. Here's the second one. Uh, should I get? Should I send my first away to get David Montgomery and Tyler Conklin? So, David Montgomery. For a first. Are and you contending? I am, but late I'm, first. I'm not I'd say no. I, I wouldn't do that. Monty isn't moving the needle for you if you're a contender. Oh, he must have traded JT away already because it took it away. Let's see what the trade was. Mm. Oh, no, he sold Kamara for... Somebody paid a first. Good night. Paid a first for, for what? Kamara. Oh, my That's gosh. That's an overpay. Whoa. I mean, think about the player you're getting for that. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's Speaking wild. of wide receivers, um, <clears throat> Pukunakua has officially broken the 1,000-yard receiving mark as a fifth-round rookie wide receiver. So do we need to go pull up the 1,000-yard rookie season stats again? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's pull up his efficiency on on player profiler first. You pull that up, talk through it. I'm going to start. I'm going to run him through the road of of his screener. (laughs) Um, He's currently, though, his stats right now, 118 targets, 77 receptions, 1,029 yards, in four touchdowns, this is through 12 games. Oh, I didn't realize Bijan had 1,000 yards. He 1,000 rushing yards? Yes. No way. Yes. That's shocking. Oh, no, 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 no. 1,000 total yards. Okay, I was going to say, that's very, very surprising if he's broken 1,000 rushing yards. I thought, I, that's what I thought it said at first, and I was like, are you kidding me? Okay, yeah. 1,000 receiving yard rookie seasons. Let's go through the list. Puka, oh, you, you already pulled it up, yeah, did Puka's, you? Puka's oh, he's already at the top. Oh. So let's read, let's read this list. Screener. Let's do since 2011, since everybody's going to know all these names. Yeah. A.J. Green, 
Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Calvin Benjamin. He's the funny guy on this list. Yeah, funny. Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Puka Nakua. Here's what I have noticed, and this is something, let me count right now. From 2010 to 2019, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, six, there were seven, eight from the, in those like eight, nine year span. Yeah. From in the last four years. It's been like six or seven, right? In seven. the last four years. Seven. Seven. So it's becoming more common. Yes. So, because these wide receivers are more NFL ready. And there's more games, and they're passing the ball more than ever before. And the wide receivers are better than they've ever been. Yeah, I mean, you you gotta you gotta tie the fact that I, offenses in college are changing a bit too, which are more friendly for wide receivers, in my opinion. Then you've got the um, physical characteristics of playing defensive back are much more difficult now in today's NFL. Yeah. Um, so you have a lot more ability to break away, find soft spots in the zone, and just get a ton of yardage as receivers, young wide receivers. And, and I mean, here's, here's the thing. These guys are like 1,100 yards over 15, 16, 17 games. Puka's played 12. I know. You still got five he, games. He's, he is um, – who, who is the highest producing rookie wide receiver? I think it was JJ, right? 1,400. Jamar Chase, 1,455. 1,400. Um, Jefferson, 1,400. Puka could shatter that. I mean, there's a chance it would, it would take a, it would take a it little would take bit over a hundred yards a game, right? Because five games, yeah. yeah. So he has a chance. to... I don't think he'll shatter it. Sorry, not he has a chance to. But break I, it. I think he could break it. Yeah, that's I think, insane. I, I agree with you. Um, so player profiler is updated. That's good. Twelve games, ten twenty nine. So let's look at his efficiency metrics here. Right. Average depth to target eight point eight. We love to see it. That's seventy six in the league. So he's to me that just screams reliable wide receiver in the future and McVay can scheme him up and he can just get kind of your Michael Pittman type targets and just rack up a ton of PPR points. I love that. I love seeing super tiny a dot metrics. Love it. I do too. Best thing ever. Uh, six in receiving yards. Let's look at his efficiency here. Target accuracy, only 42nd in the league. Yeah, that made that. So with that out. target accuracy, which is very, very low, he still put up this amount of production as a, as a rookie wide receiver. I know. Yards per route run, 2.47. That's 13th in the NFL. Nice. If they're, if they're bad, read them. I want to hear if they're bad because I feel mm-hmm. like there's a chance he could have bad efficiency metrics. Yeah. Uh, true catch rate, 86.9%. Dang. Which is 70th. What does that even mean? I don't know. Some of these, some of these I mean, buzzword stats I don't right, know to get. Right. We need Simon here. Right. Yeah, he would know. Uh, he's not a super great contested catch guy. Only 37% contested catch rate. 66th. Which we knew But that. again, we knew that. that. Never I mean, Cooper set. Cup was never a great contested catch guy either. I, well, actually, he was. But... <laughs> You just, he got so many receptions, a majority of his catches were not contested catch situations because he was just such a good route runner. Six in the league in juke rate. That's always a good stat. That's a really good stat. It's a yak stat. What's his yak? What? Juke rate is a good stat, you said? Yeah, because you, juke right. rate was one of the ones with these Chris Godwin, Michael Pittman wide receivers that get a mm-hmm. ton of receptions and have a lower A dot that yeah. made them, yeah. that was always one that I was like, their juke rate's super Yeah, high. some of my favorites. Yeah, juke rate and then uh, target separation and total route runs and route win rate. Those are my three favorite ones I look at. That's why we love Pittman yeah. so much. Target yeah. separation, he's only 39th. Yeah. Um, total route wins, 161, which is 15th. 15th. And good. then route win rate, 29th. 50%, 29th. So, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, it's good efficiency. 
good to average, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what interests me. Like with Puka, I, I think it's I think it's a mix of um, really impressive talent and just scheme. having one of the best friendly scheme friendly yes. situations in the NFL, I mean, and, and that's does. not going to change anytime soon. Now Stafford, that might change. But again, once I mean, they get knows? rid of Stafford, like, will they bring somebody in better? Yeah, I know. Like, well, do you think this? Do you think this year's class is a time for them to take a shot on a receiver or on a QB in like the second round and just have them sit behind Stafford for a couple? Do they of years? have their first this year? No, but they should have a second. How, who did they? I'll, I'll, I'll who, was that in the Stafford deal? What? That they don't have a their couple first? firsts. Yeah, but they traded them. They they traded their. They traded him to like twenty twenty six, didn't they? No, tw- no, twenty one and twenty two because they got Stafford in twenty twenty one, same year as Carson Wentz. The Rams, oh, they do have their first. Yeah, they they've had this will be the I think the first year that they have their first. It is. They didn't have it last year either. Yeah. All right. So since they this it's the fir- it would be the first time the Rams have made a first round pick since twenty sixteen where they took Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. That's freaking nuts. Wow. Um, they and have they their own. Super they also have their own second. Yep. So where are they at in the league standings right now? Here, current. Wow, Puka's target rate versus man. Probably. Fifth in the NFL, thirty-two oh, percent. What about zone? It's probably flip flopped. Um, player profiler doesn't have that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I know. Okay. So I'm excited to see his because because we'll know once we see um, uh, reception perception update. Yeah. At the end of the year, we'll we'll get Puka's. Gosh, Q, QB rating per QBR per target, forty fifth in the league. Yeah, it's just it. Okay, so then that's there's he's, there's some level of transcending there that like right. He's he's putting up this production and he's not even getting the best um, quality of targets. The Rams would have the seventeenth pick in the draft right now. They're six and six. So yeah, you're there are going to be plenty of receivers. I mean, you can grab Bo Nix there if you want him. If yep. you think Bo Nix is a first round talent, which people do. But I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe Stafford retires. That wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah. I'll never be surprised when he retires. Yeah. He could retire at any time. Yeah, he yeah. could have retired after the Super Bowl. Yep. We haven't seen many QBs go in the second round in recent history, but this just this year it just You think it screams, screams second, second round, round quarterbacks receivers. to me. Yeah, quarterbacks is what I meant. Let's talk about tight ends for a minute. Uh Sam Laporta. Gross. He had another big game. Freaking frick, dude. Nine of nine. Yeah. 140 yards and a touchdown. I don't know what to do with Laporta, man. Uh, well, I do. He he's a top top three to four dynasty tight end, two. which is easy. Um, top two, you you'd still take him. Him and Hawk, Kincaid. Him, Hawk, and Kincaid are top three. Yeah, yep. I think I'd still go Kincaid over Laporta just because I'm scared of. Now take this with a grain of salt because what Laporta is doing as a rookie tight end is already unprecedented, anyways. So you can kind of excuse the inconsistency because I know tight end has been consistent this year with the exception of Hawkinson. But I still wonder, like, this is still the Lions offense we're talking about, and this is the same situation that Hawk kind of failed to thrive in on a consistent basis, and look what he's doing outside of that situation now. You know, and, and he's an elite tight end. I'm just worried that long-term Sam Laporta is kind of going to be a boom-bust on a game-to-game, game-to-game basis tight end. And how much is that really going to mean at the tight end position for us in Dynasty? Maybe not a ton. But Very when, you, when you're talking overall rankings and where you want to draft him in Dynasty startups, I don't know how high I'm willing to take him. I, I like. 
I took him at the five one. I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying I'm not willing to take him high. I'm legitimately saying I'm not sure how high I want to take him because because of that. Like just the fact that he's on the Lions offense and it's so hit or miss, except for Amon Ross St. Brown. Here's what I'll say about him and Hawk. Very different tight ends because Hawk mm-hmm. not Hawk's a yeah. great. He's a beast, he's big. But he is definitely a catch it. Super physical smash physical, mouth. I will kick your butt it, all day. I'll try to truck you and then I'll fall down. Yes. Laporta is athletic, is, is far more athletic. Yeah. And so Laporta is, again, when we saw this early in the season or even before the season, is essentially playing wide receiver. And so that's why I have more hope. I think that's what the Lions wanted all along. I think there were two big reasons Hawk didn't fit there and that he was boom bust. I think they I think he was boom when they decided, okay, we're gonna go to him because we need a bruiser today. He was bust when they needed this type of receiver because they need they yeah. really do need this type of receiver. Yeah. Hawk was just so good that he was able to produce and have huge games in, in Detroit. Right. I believe, I mean, nine targets, eight targets, five targets, five targets, seven targets, eleven targets, seven targets, five targets, eleven targets. Like, I mean, is it's great. It's unbelievable. Awesome. Good for him. And so I think I think there's going to be some speculation on whether or not Ben Johnson leaves this year, and I think that he probably will. But I don't know why he wouldn't. There's going to be. I mean, some people are speculating that there's going to be Schefter and Rappaport think there's going to be ten head coaching vacancies. What are they going to have? You, Carolina. So yeah, let's talk about that. So, all right, let let's let's walk just, through the conferences here because I'm gonna I'm gonna pull them up. I, had, I just had it up. Hold on. I got you. I'm going to beat you. I beat you. All right. Coaching vacancies. A lot of people do not like Sala. I am in that boat. Really? I am not a Sala fan. Okay. Um, so let's let's start at the let's, – I have the draft order. Let's start at the top because this is going to be easier. It will be – these guys. Oh, okay. I'm just so going by conference. Chicago, one. I think Eberflus has done enough to keep his job for one more year. I don't think they'll let him keep his job because they're not going to blame it on Justin Fields. Eberflus will be the scapegoat. Um, okay, but then it's up to the owner if he's. It, I think he fires one of Eberflus and Ryan or Ryan Poles, and I think, and I, think, I, think, it, I, think I think you have to fire Poles if you're going to get rid of Fields. You are your logic is a hundred percent correct. The problem the is the Bears, Bears don't illogical. use logic. You're right. So they're going to fire Eberflus. Does Belichick get out of New England this year? Um, I, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I, I would say yes. So two? And it's not necessarily his fault as a coach. I think Kraft is Kraft is impatient, but he also, I have a feeling he's just going to want to move on and turn, no, turn, they, they, turn the they, chapter, they turn the page, just, yes. and just kind of, you know. Okay, so Chicago, New England. Uh, Washington, Ron Vera will surely be fired. So that's three. Uh, the Jets, if we want to say Salah, then yeah. that's, that would be four. It, like, that's just a possibility, so... Okay, uh, what about the Saints? You think he keeps his job? I do think he keeps his job. I would venture to say he does. Yes, Dennis Allen. Um, the Vegas will technically be an opening, right? Yes, it's an Vegas is an opening. Staley. I yep. mean, you have That's to assume they'll finally do the right thing. Yep. Um, so then you've got Don't forget Carolina because they don't have a draft pick. Carolina, that's seven. What's up, Caleb? Seven. Um, let's see. I've started to hear more and more whispers about Vrabel in Tennessee. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So we're at seven. So that's, those are probably the sure things. Let's do the wild cards. They, I mean, think about think about Tennessee. Under Vrabel's regime, they've never really had long-term success or security at quarterback. Yeah. And Levis looks like a jerk. Todd Bowles, that's what we're talking about. So, you think Todd Bowles keeps his job? Uh, that's the other one. I would, I would venture to say... Because we're at seven... He, that would Again, be but, but think of it, we're already at nine possibilities. 
nine possibilities of coaching vacancies, which is a ton. It's tough with Bulls because that that division is such a dumpster fire anyways. They're still in the mix. Yeah. So, I mean, if our, if Arthur Smith misses the playoffs, he's he's done. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. So that's 10. Yep. Um, and then there you go. Yeah, that's 10. It makes sense. Yeah. So if all 10 of those coaches get fired, then you've got 10 head coaching vacancies. I would lean closer to seven. I think you're going to have a couple head coaches fall through the cracks and get another shot at it for one more year before they really make a decision because franchises are slow moving anyways. Owners are slow moving, but yeah, um, they get crap for being fast moving like David Tepper. Yes, that's true. Much oh gosh, they made the mistake hiring Reich, but yeah. All right, let's uh, move towards fantasy this week and give some people some playoff advice, fantasy advice, and talk about those matchups. So for this week, the Thursday night game, New England and Pittsburgh, that should be a total <laughs> crap fest. Honestly, how is Pittsburgh seven and five? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, they're about to be eight and five because the Pats legitimately can't score. That six to zero game was so funny. Oh my god. Like that I, was hilarious. That is so frustrating to watch the Chargers and like root for them and Yeah, well it's also it's one more game that Staley's alive. Yeah, honestly like he it, I mean, if they could have it, fired him from that game. But yeah, I was going to say it was that bad. I I totally agree. <laughs> so the Chargers were four and a half point favorites going into that game. <laughs> Imagine someone telling you they they would score six points that game and cover. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. Oh, yeah. Uh, so for if New England playing Pittsburgh, though, you know what I have noticed recently? And I'm going to double-check my facts here. Najee, nine points last week, 15 points the week before. He's been pretty consistent. Jalen Warren, 7.6 points. Jalen Warren is very touchdown-dependent for the most part. Mm-hmm. But He's very efficient with, the tu- with his efficient, touches. Yeah. But they're both decent starts, and I think they'd be both, they both would be decent starts in this game. Yep. So playoffs, you know, maybe you're thinking about starting those guys. Uh, Demario Douglas has Playoffs. become a guy. Yeah, I know. Demario Douglas has become a guy you can start now. Last uh-huh. three games, 10 points, 10 points, 14 points. Yep. So it does say he's out. He hasn't started practicing again yet. That's as of Monday. Okay. Uh, that's a Thursday night game. It should suck. Uh, Sunday, we got Tampa Atlanta. So that should be good. Not a ton there. You're starting the guys you start. Uh, there was one wide receiver reception total Yeah. on the Falcons last week. Yeah, I'd actually try and start a lot of guys um, on the Bears going against the Lions. I, I think historically over the last couple of years, the Bears have matched up really well against the Lions, and they've been pretty high-scoring matchups. They just so, played. They played I mean, a week ago. Yeah, yeah. DJ Moore will probably have a pretty good game. Um, I would even bet on probably Khalil Herbert and maybe even Roshan Johnson doing something there as well. Yeah. Um, one thing we should cover, uh, going into the playoffs – Playoffs. Jameer Gibbs in his <laughs> last two games. Okay, that's fine. Jameer Gibbs last game, forty-five percent snap share. He had six points. Boom bus. Can you doesn't get red zone opportunities? Literally got him to the two, and then Montgomery ran it in. Yeah, he's now running back two in the season. Um, so I would be careful. I mean, you're looking at the last couple games for Jameer Gibbs, eleven points and six points. And this is what more of what we expected to see when David Montgomery came back. And I think it's taken Monty a while to get it back. When Monty plays, he's going to get the he's going to get the goal line carries. When's the last time? Let's see. So he hasn't had any touchdowns in the last two games. Yeah. I will, I'd love to see after the season the splits with Jameer Gibbs and touchdowns. Yep. It's uh, going to be one of the biggest things we look into. I think Indy, I think you're starting Downs and Pity there. 
And obviously, oh, going against Cincinnati. Obviously, Zach yeah. Moss mm-hmm. going against Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, and even Higgins. I'd start Higgins. Yep. Yeah, Higgins for sure. Higgins against the Colts. That's a great one. Um, They'll probably else? make Browning look like an MVP candidate. What other matchups are we looking at here that we'd like? Yeah, they probably will. All Texans, pretty much all Texans players. Singletary, Collins, um, Noah Brown? Question mark because Tank Dell's out. What mm-hmm. do you think about oh, that? Yeah. You yep. think you're starting flexing him next week? Yes, sir. I think I think that's a smart thing to suggest. Minnesota playing the Raiders. That's a decent matchup for them. I like JJ's going to be back. So Addison and Osborne, definitely not startable. Addison probably still flexible. That's an interesting game to look at, actually. Minnesota is on a two-game skid now. Some kind of unfortunate losses. Um, But I do – that'll be important for them to maintain their their playoff hold because I think in the playoffs right now, they are still the sixth seed, Minnesota is. But I think you're right. Seattle's out right now. The Rams are out, and Green Bay's on the rise. They're the seventh seed right now. So Minnesota, they're going to have to knock out one of Green Bay, L.A., Seattle if they want to stay in. For Seattle and San Francisco on that note, I do still think I'm comfortable flexing JSN this week. You're looking at JSN's last couple weeks here, even yeah. with Lockett and DK playing. He got totally robbed. That stupid call. He should have had 26 points. He had 11 targets in, in week 13. Yeah. So yep. I, team high. I, I'm comfortable starting JSN. Uh, in the fantasy playoffs, and then obviously all the San Francisco guys. Buffalo, Kansas City, you're starting all those guys. Should be a shootout. We'll see. I'm pretty disappointed, honestly, right now in the Chiefs. I think they look pretty mediocre. Yeah. I think their offense looks mediocre. I think their defense yep. is still good. So, But yeah. last night, Jordan Love tore him up. He did. Which is interesting. He did. Because Love yeah. really did have a slower I always, portion I always of the season. take but. The, um, the NFC-AFC matchups with a grain of salt. When, when you have um, the, those teams going against each other. It's like Lamar Jackson going against NFC teams. Like, does does Lamar Jackson tearing up everyone in the NFC really say anything about those teams that he's beating? Not necessarily. They just don't know Lamar Jackson. They've never really had to play or scheme against him like the AFC does. So he just has his way with the NFC. Yeah, It's kind of the same thing with, with some of those teams that are on the fringe, like Green Bay this year, who's on the rise. Yeah, loves playing a lot better. But does that mean the Chiefs are going to play like that against every team in the AFC and lay a complete dud in the playoffs? I would still bet against that. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either. And then you've got Denver and the Chargers. Did that thing seriously just freaking fall? Yeah, it did. Denver and the Chargers. I, mean, I think you're starting Cortland Sutton for sure. And Javante Williams against a terrible Chargers defense. Yeah. How did Javante do last week? Ten points, I think. Okay. He, he's getting well, the volume. He's, he's just not the getting volume. the touchdowns. He's not getting any touchdowns. Correct. He had, he had 10 points. Exactly. How about yeah. that? 10 points in his last two weeks. So Okay. Um, yeah, the snap share is he's the lead back by carries by snap share, but Good. touchdowns. Good. Um, man, what did Eckler do last week? He has sucked this year, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's just really been disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you still, you, you still got to start Eckler? Y- yes. It's sad, but you do. I'm not sitting Austin Eckler. I'm not either. No way. Philly and Dallas. That'll be a great game on Sunday. Yeah, it's football. a rematch. Um, I think who has who will have the upper hand if Dallas wins? San Francisco. Is that they'll, what you're insinuating? They'll be tied. They'll have to go with conference record, which Philly has just percentage wise right they now. They wouldn't go. They go conference record before head to head. No, they so they would they would split the head to head. 
Oh, you're talking about Dallas and Philly. Yeah. Okay. So they'd split the head-to-head, assuming if if Dallas wins, they'd split the head-to-head, obviously. Then we go conference Then they go division Division record, record, yeah. And they'd be tied there. And then they'd go conference record, and um, Philly would have the upper hand there. Okay, Except Dallas has played more division games than Philly, so actually Dallas would get the get the advantage. So Swift, Silv, Good, Brown, Devonta, yeah. I mean, you're starting everybody in that game. Uh-huh. Tennessee, Miami. I think Miami will crap on them. So you're starting Mostert, you're starting HN, you're they starting should. Hill, you're starting Waddle. Look, if Gardner Minshew and the Colts offense can score 31 points, well, they didn't really score 31 points. They scored 23 points. Because of the punt return for a touchdown, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And then also, you know, the I think Derrick Henry's still a really good start, and honestly, yeah. Well, he's in. Well, they just said he's out of concussion protocol. He's not. He he was never in it. So what was he? What was he in for? I don't know. Did you see that hit? Yeah, I did. I was watching. I was like, my goodness. I like laugh not because I wanted to see him get hurt. I was just Zaire. It was Franklin. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, but the dude, the way he went down, I was like, well, you remember when he trucked Shaq, right? painfully laughing. I was like, oh my gosh, that poor guy. Like he just the bigger they are, the harder they fall. But yeah. man, he got totally lit up. And then the Monday night game, Green Bay and the Giants. <sighs> Why do we <sighs> Why do we have to watch discussing football in primetime? What is going on? Why can we not flex Monday night games? They hate us. Who plays tonight? <sighs> oh, tonight? Uh yeah. uh Lawrence and the Bengals. The Jags and the Bengals. We have to watch freaking what's-his-butt. Yeah, Browning. <laughs> I mean, you can't really blame them for that, though. Because no, it would have been a really good matchup. Yeah, it would have been really, really... Probably had a we lot get of to, playoff we get implications, to watch, too. We get to watch the Jags, though. That's fun. What, well, the Jags are kind of insufferable to watch sometimes because they're, they're just so hit or miss. True. All right, should be a good week of fantasy football. And again, we got one more week till the playoffs. We've enjoyed talking football. Um, make sure if you haven't already to rate the pod, give it a five out of five stars because That'd be that's, super that's cool. really awesome when you do that Yeah. on YouTube at fantasy domain and at dynasty domain. That's where we do most of our content on Twitter at the fantasy. I forget what it is now. Domain fantasy football, domain fantasy, oh, on at domain fantasy. That's what it is. It's domain. Fantasy. <laughs> well, let me look it up here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's at domain. It's fantasy. at domain fantasy. Right, yeah, yeah. On Twitter at domain fantasy. <laughs> We are just so cool because we have so many followers, right? Because the success of our channel is totally based off of the amount of followers. We you have. know, Twitter followers. Which, by the, the way, we don't indication. have many followers at all. Yeah, Twitter followers is the biggest indication of how good of a fantasy analyst you are. Exactly. And if you're a fantasy analyst at all, mm-hmm. we got some. And if you put like a saw and a hook in your name too, oh. then you're just a complete boss, or, or just any emoji or in a general. J and a C. All right. Um, make sure, like I said, head over to YouTube, check it out. Appreciate you guys watching so much. Thanks for joining us. We're not watching. Listen. I had. Watching in their heads. Imagining. Picture imagining. Yeah. 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 Maybe we're uh, better looking in there. I mean, Avery's holding a ridiculous seat pad right now. It's, it's a, a Super Bowl, Bowl XLI South Florida. Yeah. Because it fell. All right. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Peace out.